0: I'm Dominic Fercasa, in for Cecilia Lay. This is Fifth in Mission. This week, San Francisco leaders scrambled to install roadblocks along Cap Street in the Mission District. The barriers are intended to slow down, or at least redirect, cruising traffic in an area that's become increasingly popular for sex workers and their customers. Residents of the Mission have complained about nightly disturbances, violent incidents, and a slow response when they call the police. Police officials have pointed to shifting state laws and claim that their hands are tied when it comes to enforcement. Meanwhile, sex workers and their advocates, as well as one San Francisco supervisor, say that enforcement isn't the issue. They say San Francisco needs a sanctioned red light district or to decriminalize sex work and add more oversight. Here to help me make sense of this debate and what's happening on Cap Street is Chronicle reporter Rachel Swan. Rachel, welcome to 5th in Mission. Let's start by setting the scene for listeners. Where is Cap Street and what might it look like on a typical night?
1: Cap Street is in the heart of the Mission District. It's parallel to Mission Street. At night, it's residential. It's got a lot of like these Edwardian buildings. And especially recently, according to residents, it is overtaken by... People who appear to be soliciting sex work, cars that are clogging the blocks, people kind of sauntering out in the middle of the street, soliciting motorists, and occasional little bursts of violence. According to residents, they have heard gunshots and a few have reported seeing people getting assaulted.
0: So some of the initial solutions from city leaders to respond to the situation that you just described, their plan is to put up barriers on Cap Street. Talk to me a little bit, if you can, about the design and intention of those barriers. A lot
1: is still at the conceptual level right now. What I understand is there's going to be some sort of traffic barrier placed in what's considered to be the most concentrated spot for this sex work activity, which is the blocks between 18th and 22nd. I've heard from uh, Supervisor Hillary Ronan, who's kind of been the main person pushing for this, that it will be sort of like what we're seeing on the slow streets, where streets have these little posts that kind of thin out traffic to make them better for cyclists. She did tell me that it'll be slightly more substantial than that, but it would be some sort of like Temporary traffic barrier that, to be clear, still allows residents access to their garages, but somehow impedes some of these motorists who are soliciting sex workers.
0: I want to talk a little bit more about the neighborhood and this part of the Mission District. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of this street and of this neighborhood? How did Cap Street get to where it is right now?
1: So I'm so glad you asked, Dom. I mean, if you'll indulge me as a Bay Area kid, I recall, oh God, to date myself. I recall Cap Street like wanting to go to a punk show at a warehouse on Camp Street in the late 90s. And this is so embarrassing. My mother insisting on walking me there because of all the prostitution on Cap Street, which is just to say, at least since the 90s, I've been told since possibly the 1970s, this has been a place for sex work. But what's changed, like every place in San Francisco, it's become more gentrified, There are a lot of homeowners and renters who pay a lot to live there, who understandably don't want to witness some very unsettling scenes at night. There does seem to be, within the past year, an increase in sex work on Cab Street. There's various theories as to why that is, whether it has to be The economic turbulence, putting people in more desperate situations. There was a federal law in 2018 that eliminated online solicitation, which there have been theories that this pushed more people out into the street. So for whatever reason, and a lot of what I've heard is speculative, This is a very residential street with a history of being this sort of hub that kind of rebounds every few years. And there's complaints from residents every few years. And this seems to be a moment when this activity is really kind of flourishing.
0: So, Rachel, some of the neighbors that you spoke with have described some pretty brutal beatings that they witnessed on Cap Street, uh, gun violence that they claimed were associated with some of the sex work and solicitation that's going on on Cap Street. Uh, They've also, some of them, criticized the San Francisco Police Department's and Emergency Service's response, slow, sometimes non-existent response times. So what's going on there exactly?
1: We've received a couple statements from San Francisco Police Department. We have heard both from residents and even from state senator Scott Wiener that there are various enforcement tools at their disposal to disrupt sex work and for whatever reason there just seems to historically not be a lot of enforcement on Cap Street. Now, Police have said, they have told residents, and they even said in a recent statement to us, that their hands are somewhat tied because of changes in a statute. What they're referring to is a law that just took effect this year, sponsored by state Senator Scott Weiner, which repealed a law against loitering for the purpose of soliciting sex work. So, you know, police have blamed that law for tying their hands, but what we're hearing from residents is that, hey, they're not enforcing the law anyways. It's illegal to traffic people. It's illegal to purchase sex. It is illegal to sell sex. People can be ticketed for idling in the middle of the street in their cars. So there's various tools, but it seems there just hasn't been a lot of enforcement by police.
0: I want to make sure we discuss the viewpoints here and the opinions of sex workers and advocates for sex workers with all of this going on on Cap Street. What are they saying and what are their concerns about, about the activity on Cap Street and also some of these proposed solutions like the barriers we were talking about earlier?
1: You know, I have heard from at least one advocate who worked at St. James Infirmary, the organization that contracts with the city to kind of send a van out and supply sex workers with food and snacks and contraceptives and whatever else they need. I have heard concerns that putting up traffic barriers is just going to move people to a different street and not really help them, that it's sort of ostracizing people and treating them as though they're some kind of nuisance. At the same time, you know, one advocate told us maybe there's the possibility of sanctioning sex work and putting it on a different street where there's fewer residents is the ones she mentioned were mission and Petrero. this doesn't seem to be sitting well with all the residents but that is one idea that they have floated
0: after a short break we'll talk about what sex workers and their advocates are proposing as potential solutions and we'll hear about san francisco supervisor hillary ronin's resolution to lift criminal penalties for solicitation
1: You're listening to 5th and Mission. If you have a comment or there's a story you think we should cover, let us know. You can email us at 5th, that's F-I-F-T-H, at sfchronicle.com, or leave us a voicemail at 415-777-6156.
0: Chronicle reporter Rachel Swan, you mentioned efforts at both the state and local levels to decriminalize things like loitering and soliciting. I wonder if you could unpack some of those initiatives. What are some of the new solutions being proposed to move away from treating these activities as crimes?
1: This seems to be a discussion that gets revived every several years in San Francisco. There have in the past been ballot initiatives and concerted efforts to decriminalize sex work. Like, this is an ongoing discussion. It still appears to be extremely controversial. We've heard from Supervisor Hillary Ronan, who represents this district and who is going to put forward a resolution urging state legislators to sponsor a bill that would legalize sex work in California. The problem is she has to get people on board. It's not clear whether she has that yet. There's a lot of mixed feelings among residents. There is a lot of talk from people about could we sanction sex work and create some kind of like containment zone or, you know, what advocates would call a stroll or a red light district. Just put it there. But away from residences. The problem is a lot of the people who I've heard suggest this also don't want it in the mission and fear it would not be welcomed in any other neighborhood either.
0: You know, speaking of Supervisor Ronan, what has been her response so far in your communications with her about legalizing a a red light district, a, a sort of bounded zone within the city where this sort of activity could legally take place? Has she offered her opinion on that proposal?
1: When I asked her directly, she said that's something she would support, but it would be complicated, like the city attorney would have trouble finding and designating a space. So, it did seem like there were legal complications to consider, not to mention disputes and possible pushback from residents. So, while it had her support, she acknowledged that this is an idea that would come with a lot of challenges. And I will say, this is an idea that has been embraced by at least three residents I've spoken with, but there seems to be varying ideas of where this kind of thing would go and how it could be orchestrated.
0: Yeah, that, that sort of dovetails right into my next question. Is there any talk about how creating a protected area for sex work might change the way in which sex workers interact with police, right? Is it the the notion of... of- the red light district's proponents, that that would help that that interaction between sex workers and police?
1: Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand with this idea of decriminalization of, you know, lifting criminal penalties for this type of thing. In my mind, I would compare it to cannabis. The idea being like, hey, if we legalize this, it's much easier to monitor and regulate And we could make sure that it's only in commercial areas. We could make sure perhaps that it's in areas where there's already, you know, a corridor of strip clubs. It's sort of a destination for this kind of thing. I guess that's what I've heard from people is that the whole idea is to stop criminalizing people, give them back their humanity, give them a sense of agency. I mean, I've also heard from an advocate, put the pimps out of business, that this would potentially eradicate the trafficking aspect and exploitation aspect of sex work and turn it into a more legitimate business that could be regulated and supervised. But again, you know, we don't have that many models. This was an idea that was put on the ballot in San Francisco in 2008. It had strident opposition from then-Mayor Gavin Newsom and then-District Attorney Kamala Harris. If anything, it seems to have become more radical since then. There seems to be more opposition.
0: So uh, you've been covering this story. And what should residents of Cap Street expect next? We know that the barriers are going up sometime soon. But what do you think happens after that? You
1: know, it's hard to say. I mean, I'll be honest. I personally have a lot of questions about what kind of effect a traffic barrier would have on sex work. I mean, it seems like a a bit of a catch-as-catch-can solution, but maybe it will change things. I think what we can expect next is a more intensified debate over whether the city should take bolder and more far-reaching action to change things on Cap Street.
0: I can't help but pick up on, in very broad strokes, some resonance with a number of of other very sticky very difficult issues in San Francisco, thinking about drug use, thinking about the city's unhoused population, and thinking about the sort of piecemeal attempts that the city has made to ameliorate those problems. I wonder, though, if you can just talk about any of the similarities you see in which we have this, you know, social issue and we're confronting it with traffic barriers. There's something that I think a lot of these issues share in that they are stubborn, difficult, very delicate problems that the city is just challenged to confront here in any kind of meaningful way.
1: I'm vigorously nodding my head because a bunch of things came to mind. I mean, we had the ill-fated Tenderloin Center designated to provide resources for people who were addicted, which was sort of pitched as this that was going to really affect the uh, drug epidemic and the tenderloin and got immediate pushback. I think of navigation centers, which were former Mayor Ed Lee's big solution to homelessness. As soon as the first one opened, San Francisco's various neighborhoods and various communities immediately said, "Okay, we like the idea, but not in our neighborhood. So, I mean, just about all of these solutions, people like the ideas in the abstract, but... Do not like the -the on-the-ground reality of having to house it in their neighborhood. And um, also a track record of, you know, district supervisors like wanting to serve their constituents, having to deal with a, you know, overwhelming social issue that's welling up, that's kind of more than a district supervisor can combat. And just being stuck with, okay, I can't change state law. I can urge the legislators who live near me to change it, but I, I really have limited power as a district supervisor. What can I do? I can tell the transportation department that I want traffic barriers. It's kind of just not surprising that this type of solution has become a trope in San Francisco.
0: Rachel Swan is a reporter for The Chronicle. To read her story and more reporting on Cap Street and San Francisco's efforts to address sex work in The Mission, go to sfchronicle.com or the Chronicle app. Also, remember, Fifth in Mission is celebrating our 1,000th episode on Thursday, February 16th. Join us at 6.30 p.m. at Manny's in The Mission. Hosts Cecilia Lay and Damian Bulwa will be talking about labor organizing in the Bay Area and the recent wave of layoffs in the tech industry, with special guests Zoe Schiffer from Platformer and Anand Singh, president of Unite Here Local 2. It'll be a great conversation, and we'd love to meet you in person. For tickets, visit WelcomeToMannies.com. Thank you to Francesca Fenzi for producing this episode, to King Kaufman for editing it, and thank you for listening.